13. The railway track and above the Say roadway 54 feet wide. The Street Lewis Bridge is not hinged, but later bridges have been constructed with hinges at the springings and sometimes with hinges at the crown also. The Alexander III Bridge over the Seine has 15 steel ribs hinged at crown and springings with a span of 353 feet between centers of hinges and 358 feet between abutments. The rise from side to center hinges is 20 feet 7 in. The roadway is 651 2 feet wide and footwall is 33 feet proc. Inst. CECXXX. Page 335. The largest three-hinged arch bridge constructed is the Viollier Viaduct in the south of France figure 30. The central span is 721 feet 9 inches and the height of the rails above the valley 380 feet. It has a very fine appearance especially when seen in perspective and not merely in elevation. Figure 31 shows the Doru viaduct of a total length of 1158 feet carrying a railway 200 feet above the water. The span of the central opening is 525 feet. The principal rib is crescent-shaped 32.8 feet deep V.04P.0543 at the crown. Rolling load taken at 1.2 ton per fort weight of center span 727 tons. The Luizai Bridge is another arched bridge over the Doru, also designed by Tisrig. This has a span of 566 feet. There are an upper and lower roadway, 164 feet apart vertically. The arch rests on rollers and is narrowest at the crown. The reason given for this change of form was that it more conveniently allowed the lower road to pass between the springings and ensured the transmission of the wind stresses to the abutments without interrupting the cross bracing. Wire cables were used in the erection by which the members were lifted from barges and assembled, the operations being conducted from the side piers. The Niagara Falls and Clifton Steel Arch figure 32 replaces the older Roadling Suspension Bridge. The center span is a two-hinged parabolic braced rib arch, and there are side spans of 190 and 210 feet. The bridge carries two electric car tracks, two roadways and two footwallies. The main span weighed 1629 tons. The side spans 154 and 166 tons both. Proc. Inst. C. E. Schiff. Page 70. Professor Claxton Fiddler, speaking of the arrangement adopted for putting initial stress on the top cord, stated that this bridge marked the furthest advance yet made in this type of construction. When such a rib is erected on centering without initial stress, the subsequent compression of the arch under its weight inflicts a bending stress and excessive compression in the upper member at the crown but the bold expedients adopted by the engineer and all the bending action. The Garabit Viaduct carries the railway near St. Flower, in the Campbell Department, France, at 420 feet above low water. The deepest part of the valley is crossed by an arch of 541 feet span, and 213 feet rise. The bridge is similar to that at Oporto, also designed by Sir. It is formed by a crescent-shaped arch, continued on one side by four on the other side by two lattice girder spans, on iron piers, the arch is formed by two lattice ribs hinged at the abutments, its depth at the crown is 33 feet and its center line follows nearly the parabolic line of pressures, the two arch ribs are 651 2 feet apart at the springings and 201 2 feet at the crown, the roadway girders are lattice, 17 feet deep, supported from the arch ribs at four points, the total length of the viaduct is 17 15 feet, the lattice girders of the side spans were first rolled into place, so as to project some distance beyond the piers, and then the arch ribs were built out, being partly supported by wire rope cables from the lattice girders above. 
the total weight of ironwork was 3200 tons and the cost L124.000 nails to Strava Publics. 1884. The Victoria Falls Bridge over the Zambezi, designed by Sir Douglas Fox, and completed in 1905, is a combination of girder and arch having a total length of 650 feet. The center arch is 500 feet span, the rise of the crown 90 feet and depth at crown 15 feet. The width between centers of ribs of main arches 271 2 feet at crown and 53 feet 9 and at springings. The curve of the main arch is a parabola. The bridge has a roadway of 30 feet for two lines of rails. Each half arch was supported by cables still joined at the center. An electric cable way of 900 feet span capable of carrying 10 tons was used in erection. 12. G movable bridges can be closed to carry a road or railway or in some cases an aqueduct but can be open to give free passage to navigation. They are of several types, one lifting bridges. The bridge with its platform is suspended from girders above by chains and counterweights at the four corners figure 33a. It is lifted vertically to the required height when opened. Bridges of this type are not very numerous or important. Two rolling bridges. The girders are longer than the span and the part overhanging the abutment is counterweighted so that the center of gravity is over the abutment when the bridge is rolled forward figure 33b to fill the gap in the approaches when the bridge is rolled forward a frame. Carrying that part of the road is moved into place sideways. At Sunderland, the bridge is first lifted by a hydraulic press so as to clear the roadway behind, and is then rolled back. Three draw or bascule bridges. The fortress draw bridge is the original type in which a single leaf, or bascule, turns round a horizontal hinge at one abutment. The bridge when closed is supported on abutments at each end. It is raised by chains and counterweights. A more common type is a bridge with two leaves or bascules, one hinged at each abutment. When closed V.04P.0544 the bascules are locked at the center C figure 13. In these bridges each bascule is prolonged backwards beyond the hinge so as to balance at the hinge. The prolongation sinking into the piers when the bridge is opened. For swing or turning bridges, the largest movable bridges revolve about a vertical axis. The bridge is carried on a circular base plate with a central pivot and a circular track for a live ring and conical rollers. A circular revolving platform rests on the pivot and rollers. A toothed arc fixed to the revolving platform or to the live ring serves to give motion to the bridge. The main girders rest on the revolving platform and the ends of the bridge are circular arcs fitting the fixed roadway. Three arrangements are found, of the axis of rotation is on a pier at the center of the river and the bridge is equal orm figure 33c so that two navigation passages are open simultaneously. B the axis of rotation is on one abutment, and the bridge is then usually on equal orm figure 33d the shorter arm being over the land. See in some small bridges the shorter arm is vertical and the bridge turns on a kind of vertical crane post at the abutment figure 33E5 floating bridges, the roadway being carried on pontoons moored in the stream. The movable bridge in its closed position must be proportioned like a fixed bridge, but it has also other conditions to fulfill. If it revolves about a vertical axis its center of gravity must always lie in that axis, if it rolls the center of gravity must always lie over the abutment. It must have strength to support safely its own overhanging weight when moving. At Koenigsberg there is a road bridge of two fixed spans of 39 feet and a central span of 60 feet between bearings, or 41 feet clear, with balanced bascules over the center span. Each bascule consists of two main girders with cross girders and stringers. The main girders are hung at each side on a horizontal shaft 8.58 inches in diameter. 
and are six feet deep at the hinge, diminishing to a one foot seven inches at the center of the span. The counterweight is a depressed cantilever arm 12 feet long, overlapped by the fixed platform which sinks into a recess in the masonry when the bridge opens. In closed position the main girders rest on a bed plate on the face of the pier 4 feet 3 inches beyond the shaft bearings. The bridge is worked by hydraulic power, an accumulator with a load of 34 tons supplying pressure water at 630 pounds per square in. The bridge opens in 15 seconds and closes in 25 seconds. At the opening span of the tower bridge figure 13 there are four main girders in each bascule. They project 100 feet beyond and 62 feet 6 inches within the face of the piers. Transverse girders and bracings are inserted between the main girders at 12 feet intervals. The floor is of buckled plates paved with wood blocks. The arc of rotation is 82 degrees and the axis of rotation is 13 feet 3 inches inside the face of the piers, and 5 feet 7 inches below the roadway. The weight of ballast in the short arms of the bascules is 365 tons. The weight of each leaf including ballast is about 1070 tons. The axis is a forged steel 21 inches in diameter and 48 feet long. The axis has 8 bearings, consisting of rings of live rollers for 7 16 inches in diameter and 22 inches long. The bascules are rotated by pinions driven by hydraulic engines working in steel sectors 42 feet radius proc. Inst. CHBI. Page 35. As an example of a swing bridge. That between Duluth and Superior at the head of Lake Superior over the St. Louis River may be described. The center opening is 500 feet spanned by a turning bridge, 58 feet wide. The girders weighing 2,000 tons carry a double track for trains between the girders and on each side on cantilevers a trolley track, roadway and footway. The bridge can be opened in two minutes, and is operated by two large electric motors. These had a speed reduction from armature shaft to bridge column of 1500 to 1, through four intermediate spur gears and a worn gear. The end lifts which transfer the weight of the bridge to the piers when the span is closed consist of massive eccentrics having a throw of four in. The clearance is two inches so that the ends are lifted to in. This gives a load of 50 tons per eccentric. One motor is placed at each end of the span to operate the eccentrics and also to release the latches and raise the rails of the steam track. At Riga there is a floating pontoon bridge over the Duna. It consists of 14 rafts, 105 feet in length, each supported by two pontoons placed 64 feet apart. The pairs of rafts are joined by three box 15 feet long laid in parallel grooves in the framing. Two spans are arranged for opening easily. The total length is 1720 feet and the width 46 feet. The pontoons are of iron, 851 2 feet in length, and their section is elliptical. 101 2 feet horizontal and 12 feet vertical. The displacement of each pontoon is 180 tons and its weight 22 tons. The mooring chains, weighing 22 pounds per fort are taken from the upstream end of each pontoon to a downstream screw pile mooring and from the downstream end to an upstream screw pile. 13. Transporter Bridges. This new type of bridge consists of a high-level bridge from which is suspended a car at a low level. The car receives the traffic and conveys it across the river being caused to travel by electric machinery on the high-level bridge. Bridges of this type have been erected at Portugalit, Bizerta, Rouen, Rochefort and more recently across the Mersey between the towns of Witness and Runcorn. The Runcorn Bridge crosses the Manchester Ship Canal and the Mersey in one span of 1,000 feet and four approach spans of 551 2 feet on one side and one span on the other. The low-level approach roadways are 35 feet wide with footpaths 6 feet wide on each side. 
The supporting structure is a cable suspension bridge with stiffening girders. A car is suspended from the bridge, carried by a trolley running on the underside of the stiffening girders. The car being V.04P.0545 propelled electrically from one side to the other. The underside of the stiffening girder is 82 feet above the river. The car is 55 feet long by 241 2 feet wide. The electric motors are under the control of the driver in a cabin on the car. The trolley is an articulated frame 77 feet long in five sections coupled together with pins. To this are fixed the bearings of the running wheels. 14 on each side. There are two steel-clad series wound motors of 36 bhp. For a test load of 120 tons the tractive force is 70 pounds per ton, which is sufficient for acceleration, and maintaining speed against wind pressure. The brakes are magnetic, with auxiliary hand brakes. Electricity is obtained by two gas engines one spare each of 75 bhp. On the opening day passengers were taken across at the rate of more than 2,000 per hour in addition to a number of vehicles. The time of crossing is 3 or 4 minutes. The total cost of the structure was L133.000. 14. In the United States few railway companies design or build their own bridges. General specifications as to span, loading, and C are furnished to bridge building companies, which make the design under the direction of engineers who are experts in this kind of work. The design, with strain sheets and detailed drawings, is submitted to the railway engineer with estimates. The result is that American bridges are generally of well-settled types and their members of uniform design, carefully considered with reference to convenient and accurate manufacture. Standard patterns of details are largely adopted, and more system is introduced in the workshop than is possible where the designs are more varied. Riveted plate girders are used up to 50 feet span. Riveted braced girders for spans of 50 feet to 75 feet and pin-connected girders for longer spans. Since the erection of the fourth bridge, cantilever bridges have been extensively used, and some remarkable steel arch and suspension bridges have also been constructed. Overhead railways are virtually continuous bridge constructions, and much attention has been given to a study of the special conditions appertaining to that case. Substructure. 15. The substructure of a bridge comprises the piers, abutments and foundations. These portions usually consist of masonry in some form including under that general headstone masonry, brickwork and concrete. Occasionally metalwork or woodwork is used for intermediate piers. When girders form the superstructure, the resultant pressure on the piers or abutments is vertical, and the dimensions of these are simply regulated by the sufficiency to bear this vertical load. When arches form the superstructure, the abutment must be so designed as to transmit the resultant thrust to the foundation in a safe direction, and so distributed that no part may be unduly compressed. The intermediate piers should also have considerable stability, so as to counterbalance the thrust arising when one arch is loaded while the other is free from load. For suspension bridges the abutment forming the anchorage must be so designed as to be thoroughly stable under the greatest pull which the chains can exert. The piers require to be carried above the platform, and their design must be modified according to the type of suspension bridge adopted. When the resultant pressure is not vertical on the piers these must be constructed to meet the inclined pressure. In any stiffened suspension bridge the action of the pier will be analogous to that of a pier between two arches. Concrete in a shell is a name which might be applied to all the methods of founding a pier which depend on the very valuable property which strong hydraulic concrete possesses of setting into a solid mass underwater. The required space is enclosed by a wooden or iron shell, the soil inside the shell is removed by dredging. 
or some form of mechanical excavator, until the formation is reached which is to support the pier, the concrete is then shot into the enclosed space from a height of about 10 feet and rammed down in layers about 1 foot thick, it soon consolidates into a permanent artificial stone. Piles are used as foundations in compressible or loose soil. The heads of the piles are sawn off, and a platform of timber or concrete rests on them. Cast iron and concrete reinforced piles are now used. Screw piles are cast iron piles which are screwed into the soil instead of being driven in. At their end is fixed a blade of cast iron from 2 to 8 times the diameter of the shaft of the pile. The pitch of the screw varies from 1 half to 1 fourth of the external diameter of the blade. Disc piles have been used in sand. These piles have a flat flange at the bottom, and water is pumped in at the top of the pile, which is weighted to prevent it from rising. Sand is thus blown or pumped from below the piles, which are thus easily lowered in ground which baffles all attempts to drive in piles by blows, in ground which is of the nature of quicksand. Piles will often slowly rise to their original position after each blow. Wells. In some soils foundations may be obtained by the device of building a masonry casing like that of a well and excavating the soil inside, the casing gradually sinks and the masonry is continued at the surface. This method is applicable in running sands. The interior of the well is generally filled up with concrete or brick when the required depth has been reached. Piers and abutments. Piers and abutments are of masonry, brickwork, or cast or wrought iron. In the last case they consist of any number of hollow cylindrical pillars, vertical or raking, turned and planed at the ends and united by a projection or socket and by flanges and bolts. The pillars are strengthened against lateral yielding by horizontal and diagonal bracing. In some cases the piers are cast iron cylinders 10 feet or more in diameter filled with concrete. Cylinder Foundations Formerly when bridge piers had to be placed where a firm bearing stratum could only be reached at a considerable depth. A timber cofferdam was used in which piles were driven down to the firm stratum. On the piles the masonry piers were built. Many bridges so constructed have stood for centuries. A great change of method arose when iron cylinders and in some cases brick cylinders or wells were adopted for foundations. These can be sunk to almost any depth or brought up to any height, and are filled with Portland cement concrete. They are sometimes excavated by grabs. Sometimes they are closed in and kept free of water by compressed air so that excavation work can be carried on inside them. Figure 35. Sometimes in silty riverbeds they are sunk 100 feet or more. 4V.04P.0546 Security against deep scouring of the riverbed in floods. In the case of the Empress Bridge over the Sutledge each pier consisted of three brick wells. 19 feet in diameter. Sunk 110 feet. The piers of the Benares Bridge were single iron caissons. 65 feet by 28 feet sunk about 100 feet lined with brick and filled with concrete. At the fourth bridge iron caissons 70 feet in diameter were sunk about 40 feet into the bed of the fourth. In this case the compressed air process was used. 16. Erection. Consideration of the local conditions affecting the erection of bridges is always important, and sometimes becomes a controlling factor in the determination of the design. The methods of erection may be classed as one erection on staging or felswork, two floating to the site and raising, three rolling out from one abutment, four building out member by member, the completed part forming the stage from which additions are handled, one an erection on staging. The materials available determine the character of the staging, stacks of timber, earth banks, or built-up staging of piles and trestles have all been employed. Also iron staging, which can be rapidly erected and moved from site to site. 
The most ordinary type of staging consists of timber piles at nearly equal distances of 20 feet to 30 feet carrying a timber platform, on which the bridge is erected. Sometimes a wide space is left for navigation, and the platform at this part is carried by a timber and iron truss. When the headway is great or the river deep, timber-braced piers or clusters of piles at distances of 50 feet to 100 feet may be used. These carry temporary trusses of timber or steel. The Kuyenberg Bridge in Holland, which has a span of 492 feet was erected on a timber staging of this kind, containing 81.000 cub, fort of timber and 5 tons of bolts. The bridge superstructure weighed 2150 tons, so that 38 cub, fort of timber were used per ton of superstructure. To the Britannia and Conway bridges were built on staging on shore, lifted by pontoons, floated out to their position between the piers, and lastly lifted into place by hydraulic presses. The Murdoch Bridge in Holland, with 14 spans of 328 feet was erected in a similar way. The convenience of erecting girders on shore is very great, but there is some risk in the floating operations and a good deal of hauling plant is required. 3. If a bridge consists of girders continuous over two or more spans, it may be put together on the embankment at one end and rolled over the piers. In some cases hauling tackle is used, in others power is applied by levers and ratchets to the rollers on which the girders travel. In such rolling operations the girder is subjected to straining actions different from those which it is intended to resist, and parts intended for tension may be in compression, hence it may need to be stiffened by timber during rolling. The bending action on the bottom boom in passing over the rollers is also severe. Modifications of the system have been adopted for bridges with discontinuous spans. In narrow ravines a bridge of one span may be rolled out. If the projecting end is supported on a temporary suspension cable anchored on each side, the free end is slung to a block running on the cable. If the bridge is erected when the river is nearly dry a traveling stage may be constructed to carry the projecting end of the girder while it is hauled across the other end resting on one abutment. Sometimes a girder is rolled out about one-third of its length, and then supported on a floating pontoon. For some types of bridge can be built out from the abutments, the completed part forming an erecting stage on which lifting appliances are fixed. Generally, in addition, wire cables are stretched across the span, from which lifting tackle is suspended. In bridges so erected the straining action during erection must be studied, and material must be added to resist erecting stresses. In the case of the St. Louis Bridge, half arches were built out on either side of each pier, so that the load balanced. Spelling towers on the piers supported chains attached to the arch ribs at suitable points. In spite of careful provision, much difficulty was experienced in making the connection at the crown. From the expansion due to temperature changes, the Dora Bridge was similarly erected. The girders of the side spans were rolled out so as to overhang the great span by 105 feet and formed a platform from which parts of the arch could be suspended. Dwarf towers, built on the arch ring at the fifth panel from either side, helped to support the girder above. In erecting the center part of the arch for Proc. Inst. CLCA. Page 177. The great cantilever bridges have been erected in the same way, and they are specially adapted for erection by building out straining actions and working stresses. 17. In metal bridges wrought iron has been replaced by mild steel a stronger, tougher and better material. In wet metal or mild steel was sometimes treacherous when first introduced, and accidents occurred, the causes of which were obscure. In fact, small differences of composition or variations in thermal treatment during manufacture involve relatively large differences of quality. 
Now it is understood that care must be taken in specifying the exact quality and in testing the material supplied. Structural wrought iron has a tenacity of 22 to 121 to tons per square inches in the direction of rolling, and in ultimate elongation of 8 or 10 and 8 inches across the direction of rolling the tenacity is about 18 tons per square inches and the elongation 3 and 8 inches steel has only a small difference of quality in different directions. There is still controversy as to what degree of hardness, or which is nearly the same thing what percentage of carbon, can be permitted with safety in steel for structures. The qualities of steel used may be classified as follows, a soft steel, having a tenacity of 221 to 226 tons per square inches and an elongation of 30 to 224 in 8 inches B medium steel, having a tenacity of 26 to 34 tons per square inches and 28 to 25 elongation, C moderately hard steel, having a tenacity of 34 to 37 tons per square inches and 17 elongation, D hard steel having a tenacity of 37 to 40 tons per square inches and 10 elongation. Soft steel is used for rivets always, and sometimes for the whole superstructure of a bridge, but medium steel more generally for the plates, angle bars, and C. The weight of the bridge being then reduced by about 7 for a given factor of safety. Moderately hard steel has been used for the larger members of long-span bridges. Hard steel, if used at all, is used only for compression members in which there is less risk of flaws extending than intention members. With medium or moderately hard steel all rivet holes should be drilled, or punched 1-8 inches less in diameter than the rivet and reamed out, so as to remove the ring of material strained by the punch. In the specification for bridge material, drawn up by the British Engineering Standards Committee, it is provided that the steel shall be acid or basic open hearth steel, containing not more than 0.06 of sulfur or phosphorus. Plates angles and bars, other than rivet bars, must have a tensile strength of 28 to 32 tons per square inches with an elevation of 20 in 8 inches rivet bars tested on a gauge length 8 times the diameter must have a tensile strength of 26 to 30 tons per square inches and an elongation of 25, 18. Straining actions. The external forces acting on a bridge may be classified as follows, 1 the live or temporary load. For road bridges the weight of a dense crowd uniformly distributed, or the weight of a heavy wagon or traction engine, for railway bridges the weight of the heaviest train likely to come on the bridge, to an allowance is sometimes made for impact, that is the dynamical action of the live load due to a want of vertical balance in the moving parts of locomotives, to irregularities of the permanent way, or to a yielding of the structure. 3. The dead load comprises the weight of the main girders, flooring and wind bracing or the total weight of the superstructure exclusive of any part directly carried by the piers. This is usually treated as uniformly distributed over the span, for the horizontal pressure due to a wind blowing transversely to the span, which becomes of importance in long and high bridges. 5. The longitudinal drag due to the friction of a train when braked, about one-seventh of the weight of the train. 6. On a curved bridge the centrifugal load due to the radical acceleration of the train. If W is the weight of a locomotive in tons, are the radius of curvature of the track, V the velocity in feet per seconds, then the horizontal force exerted on the bridge is WV to GR tons, 7 in some cases, especially in arch and suspension bridges, changes of temperature set up stresses equivalent to those produced by an external load, in Europe a variation of temperature of 70 degrees C or 126 degrees F is commonly assumed. For this the expansion is about 1 inch in 100 feet, 
generally a structure should be anchored at one point and free to move if possible in other directions. Roughly, if expansion is prevented, a stress of one ton per square inches is set up in steel structures for each 12 degrees change of temperature. I live load on road bridges. A dense crowd of people may be taken as a uniform load of 80 to 120 pounds per square feet. But in recent times the weight of traction engines and wagons which pass over bridges has increased, and this kind of load generally produces greater straining action than a crowd of people. In manufacturing districts and near large towns loads of 30 tons may come on road bridges, and county and borough authorities insist on provision being made for such loads. In Switzerland roads are divided into three classes according to their importance, and the following loads are prescribed, the designer having to provide sufficient strength either for a uniformly distributed crowd, or for a heavy wagon anywhere on the roadway, V.04P.0547 crowd, wagon, pounds per square feet tons per axle, main roads, 90 to 10 with 13 feet wheelbase secondary roads, 70 to 6, 10 other roads, 5138 in England still larger loads are now provided for JC English Proc inst CHE page 35 has considered two cases at a traction engine and boiler trolley and B attraction engine and trucks loaded with granite he has calculated the equivalent load per foot of span which would produce the same maximum bending moments the following are some of the results span for 10 20 30 40 50 equivalent load in tons per fort run Case A 1.750.950.700.730.72 to do. Case B 3.25.1.71.31.2.1.15 large as these loads are on short spans. They are not more than must often be provided for. Live load on railway bridges. The live load is the weight of the heaviest train which can come on the bridge. In the earlier girder bridges the live load was taken to be equivalent to a uniform load of one ton per foot run for each line of way. At that time locomotives on railways of 4 feet 81 2 inches gauge weighed at most 35 to 45 tons, and their length between buffers was such that the average load did not exceed one ton per foot run. Trains of wagons did not weigh more than three quarters of a ton per foot run when most heavily loaded. The weights of engines and wagons are now greater. And in addition it is recognized that the concentration of the loading at the axles gives rise to greater straining action, especially in short bridges, than the same load uniformly distributed along the span. Hence many of the earlier bridges have had to be strengthened to carry modern traffic. The following examples of some of the heaviest locomotives on English railways is given by W.B. Farproc. Inst. C.E.C.E. Page 12. Passenger Engines. Total Weights. Tons. 84.35 tons per fort overall. 1.581.711.621.61 tons per fort of wheelbase. 1.922.04.1.971.95 maximum axle load. Tons. 19.0016.0018.7018.50 goods engines. Total weight. Tons. 77.9078.8076.4675.65 tons per fort overall. 1.541.501.541.51 tons per fort of wheelbase. 2.0 to 2.0 2.0 2.0 maximum axle load. Tons. 15.9016.0013.6515.50 tank engines. Total weight. 
Tons. 53.8058.6160.8047.00 tons per fort overall. 1.60, tons per fort of wheelbase. 2.45, to 2.33.03 maximum axle load. Tons. 17.54, Far has drawn diagrams of bending moment for 40 different very heavy locomotives on different spans, and has determined F.